Robert, how are you? <laughs> I get you every time. So we're going to dive into a show we very well might have done. We very well might have done. And if we have, I apologize. But I saw it today and went, ooh. You saw it today? I didn't see it. I, I When I was looking it up, I saw the... 9 a.m., you show up, drink your coffee. Picture of the show. Bring no. up an 80s icon. 15 minutes ago, I, I saw it. Um, I think you'll get it. I don't think I would have gotten it, but I think you'll get it. What's the decade? It. It's 90s. Ooh, 90s. Yes. 90s might actually be my wheelhouse. Yes. Let's see how you do. That sounded like uh, oh, uh, Tim Allen, Home Improvement. Yes. <laughs> wait for the oh. Just wait. <laughs> <laughs> Not a bad sitcom. A great sitcom. Yeah, very '90s, quintessential '90s family sitcom. Jonathan Taylor Thomas, right? Yes. And. What was the guy's name? Oh, uh, yeah, the neighbor. Mr. Wilson. Oh, good call. Mr. Wilson, yep. Mr. Who, Wilson. Uh, all, you only saw his, his uh, yeah, half of his profile. Yep. That's how people would prefer to see me, I'm sure. <laughs> but yeah, like, and he always gave the sage advice. Yes. And it was one of those, yeah, it was like the family sitcom that absolutely, week in and week out, followed the exact same formula. Which so many of them do. Yeah. Yeah. So many of the sitcoms, it's the same thing. But I mean, you could even cue the, yep, 18 minutes in, it's time for Tim to be in the back when Wilson pops his head up. Yes. Yep. Yeah. He's in some kind of dilemma or quandary, needs some advice. Um, was he, he, Tim Allen's character uh, uh, ran a home improvement TV show, right? Wasn't that it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. With his buddy Al. <laughs> we love to make fun of Al, who later, so randomly, I don't know the name of the actor, became host of uh, a family feud for a while. Yes, he did. Yes, you're totally right. <laughs> Just, I remember, like, you know, Skippy Channels be like, why is Al hosting Family Feud? Yep. And now it's Steve Harvey. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, we are filled with these absolutely useless tidbits. I watched Home Improvement. I TV. I liked trivia. it. I liked it. Yeah, no, I did. I didn't follow it all the way to the end, but I yeah. didn't. But I definitely yeah. watched it. Three Sons. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Hmm. Absolutely. And Tim Allen uh, also in our family looms large, not because of that, but because of the Santa Claus movies. Yes. We love ourselves some of the Santa Claus. The Santa Claus. The Santa Claus. We just watched the first one this past. The Mrs. Uh, Claus. Holiday season. Yep, those are great. Yeah. Yep. All right. <clears throat> week. This was week four? Week five. five. Yeah. My gosh, they all just kind of. Pay attention, Joel. Ugh, they all just kind of collide together. Less control. More freedom. Today's Monday. <laughs> What's that? What is wrong with what I said? Less control. More freedom. 
yeah. Awkward delivery. Uh, but today, it's really fresh in our minds. We just today's Monday. We just preached out. We usually do yesterday. this on Wednesday. It's usually a Wednesday thing. We but we up. can't do it on Wednesday we because somebody's got to be real selfish with their schedule. <laughs> Not going to be here Wednesday or the following few days. <laughs> so we've been talking about um, pride and um, we started with idolatry, pride and then idolatry, greed, and then greed, and now we're at control. Control. And I thought we would kind of quickly dive into the story, scripture, sure, um, transfiguration story, which we don't usually associate with control. No. I don't usually associate that story with control, which is why you brought it to me. I went, oh, what a fascinating way to look at Scripture. We usually come to that story, read it on a particular Sunday, Transfiguration Sunday. So it's the story of Jesus taking, um, uh, let's see, Peter and John and Matthew. James and John. James and John, sorry, up to the top of a mountain where he... Is transfigured. Communes with uh, Moses and Elijah. They appear, the two pillars of um, Judaism, and he. Yeah, yes. in Hebrew culture, they are the pinnacle prophets. Yep. Which is why it's very significant that they are there then with Jesus. Yes. Who himself is, from the Christian perspective, the pinnacle prophet. Absolutely. And so this is the he. This is the the. The, the lifting him up into the, kind of that pantheon. Yes. Yeah. Yep. We get a similar um, uh, voice from heaven as we get in Jesus' baptism that breaks open and says, this is my beloved. Uh, but it goes then, a step further this time. Listen to him. Yeah. The voice yeah. says this time. Yep. And then it says that um, he his clothes became dazzling white. Uh um, really this kind of powerful image. Mm-hmm. And so when we usually explore this scripture on Transfiguration Sunday, we explore that picture of Jesus, his mm-hmm. transfiguration. And we decided to take a step back and instead explore another piece of that story, which is one of the reasons why I love scripture, is there are all of these little areas to explore within each story. I was thinking back to... Last year, when we got into We Make the Road by Walking, and especially when we got into the beginning stories of um, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, and remember how we spent a good couple weeks kind of diving into the family system surrounding like mm. Jacob and Esau, and there's so there. much there when you dive in. And so Peter decides... Uh, in the moment to make these little, wants to make these little tents, these little abodes for all three of them. <laughs> yeah, different translations say different things. Yeah. Houses, dwellings, tents. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what we decided to do is explore that from Peter's perspective of trying to... Um, uh, control Jesus and control this moment happening in front of him, um, Elijah and Moses. And for a couple reasons, too, we talked about um, uh, um, that it was a moment of um, 
just didn't understand what was going on. Um, was kind of unsure of what to do in this moment. Yeah. And so what, it was an actual yeah, like, inclination. What was a control. the hell is happening? I mean, it's one of those moments. Yes. Like, very surreal, very otherworldly. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And then we explored the story that comes right before it, mm-hmm. which is maybe a little easier to kind of wrap your heads around when it comes to control, where Jesus reveals, as he does multiple times, um, that he is going to be betrayed, he's going to suffer, he's going to die, and then be resurrected. Mm-hmm. And Peter Peter says, ain't having it. Nope, that is not going to happen. I am not going to let that happen yeah. to you. It's like Peter standing up and saying, over my dead body, you know, I forbid this. Yep. It's a very clear act of control. And Peter thinks he's doing it out of love or protection, potentially, of Jesus. Or maybe he's just very selfishly thinking, and most likely I probably think this is it. He's st- They're still under the under kind of the, the theological perspective that Jesus is is the the conquering hero messiah yeah still that he's going to come and lead the hebrew rebellion against rome and lift israel back into a great light among the nations yeah um and so he's like no nope, you're not going to die you're you know you're not going to be killed you're going to be the conqueror yeah um and so he's trying to control the 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 narrative wants to control Jesus. Mm-hmm. We didn't get into this, but the other thing that I think is kind of cool about the transfiguration stories that we usually, we usually, when we look at that from the perspective of what God is doing there, it's it's an example of Jesus giving up himself yet again to the Spirit. He goes up the mountain and lets God do with him what God chooses to do with him. Mm. You know, he's yeah. physically changed by God. It's Jesus yet again giving up control. And then there's Peter, so afraid because, let's face it, it was a terrifying thing to see two dead people <laughs> all of a sudden standing there talking to your leader. And so he tries to do the opposite of what Jesus was doing. He tries to control it. It's like, yeah. oh, um, uh, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to build three homes and... We're going to live here on this mountain forever. <laughs> Sound good, guys? Yeah. Okay. Good, 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 good. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's utterly laughable. And it's so laughable that all the Gospels, as they tell the story, they're like, yeah, Peter didn't know what the hell he was saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, pardon the H-E double hockey sticks. Mm-hmm. But, but literally, that's what Mark says. Yeah, Peter did not know what he was saying. Yeah. Like. He was speaking nonsense. Mm-hmm. Well, we also talked about, too, an ulterior motive of Peter might have been, and maybe unconsciously, to, um, to push away potential grief and loss. Like, I can't imagine you not being here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't imagine having to experience the grief and loss that he eventually experiences. Yep. Um, and so I'm going to make sure this does not yeah. happen. And that's definitely Mary's motivation, right? Mm-hmm. In, the, in the third story we talked about, yeah, with Mary outside of Jesus' empty tomb, sees the guard, well, sees Jesus, but thinks it's the gardener until Jesus says Mary. Then she turns around and says Rabboni, and she reaches out and tries to grab him. Yeah, it's John's version, and Jesus says, "No, don't, don't grab on, don't cling." And, but, but how? 
how and why wouldn't she reach out and try and grab, right? Absolutely. I mean, you lose somebody you love that much, and then they appear, you're going to try and grab them to make sure that you don't have to experience that loss again. Which is what I think, and we've I've said this before, has been so helpful for me in this series. And so just to put that out there, when we are writing sermons, the same time we are learning and growing and taking on what we're trying to get across. Mm -hmm. It's been so helpful for me to see all of these sins that we've talked about as there's something inherently natural and good in the beginning, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. And then, but there's a slippery slope. Like there's like control wanting, not wanting to feel feelings of grief and loss. Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But at the same time, then that desire can get its grip in you to the point oh, yeah. where you are controlling and um, not letting um, not letting what what needs to happen unfold. Yeah, and it happens it happens both to yourself and it happens in the way you treat others. So the you know Jesus at the Transfiguration was an example of letting the letting the Spirit do and take you to where the Spirit needs to take you. And your story, um, your personal illustration, was a beautiful example of that. Mm-hmm. How you shared your own journey out to Chicago yeah. and how challenging that was to leave Connecticut, you know, the only home you'd ever known, and to leave your your brother and your two parents in the driveway with your mom yeah. crying. Yeah. And so I think we can all kind of picture, it's almost like a movie movie scene. Well, and I had reached out to my mom just to make sure, are you okay if I share this? And she said, yeah, absolutely. And in having that conversation again end of last week, she again shared with me just how hard it was, though. Like the story, like my mom comes out in a very great light in this story she's able to let go but she also shared with me just the flip side how hard it was yeah like they go hand in hand yeah yeah they they do not wanting she could have laid the guilt on she could have made it really hard for you to actually make your way out to chicago yes she could have done a lot to stand in the way yes but she didn't yeah um and it, it, so it's a beautiful story that reveals your faith and your in the freedom you you gave yourself to go to Chicago and that of your parents and family to 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 bless you mm-hmm. as you went. Mm-hmm. And so for myself as a father, I shared just how beautiful it is, but and inspiring. But also, I see that very much through the lens of your mother's grief. Yeah. Um, and last week was kind of a. I don't know if I'd use the word transformational week for me, but it was a really meaningful week as well. Mm-hmm. Um, doing work, I've been doing a lot of work on this this year, just in general, because I have a son that's exploring college right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but doing the work of of realizing, you know, the sin of control prevents us from seeing or following where the Spirit is calling us into fuller, newer life. You know, if we're trying to 
control everything around us, we're going to try and house, you know, as Peter did, the Holy Spirit. We're going to try and put the Spirit in a box, and we're going to stay on this mountain forever. Yeah. You know, that, mm-hmm. that, that's, that's one avenue of control. You're going out to Chicago is a beautiful example of how you needed to do that. And yet, Peter in the chapter before, and, and Mary at the at the garden, you know, we try and grab on and control other people. Yeah, we try and prevent them from doing something that we think will either harm them, or isn't good for them, or frankly, let's be honest, we try and prevent people from doing stuff we don't like, or that we don't understand, or that we think will harm us, like. Yep going off to Chicago, like going to a college across the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we talked about how ultimately w- when we try and house the spirit, we're limiting our own lives. We're limiting the fullness that God intends for us. And when we control those around us, we're limiting them. We're putting, we're trying to control what the spirit is calling them to go yeah. and do and taste and be. And that love pr- forbids that. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. love, love doesn't seek control. Love seeks fullness for the one you love. Love mm-hmm. seeks fullness of life for the other. And so it's been, it's been very helpful for me. Uh, I'm in my own kind of work as a father this year mm-hmm. to, to really, sit back and say, yes, you know, I, I love my children enough (laughs) to, to genuinely want their fullness of life, not simply accept, not begrudgingly permit, Mm -hmm. but to genuinely want their fullness, even if their fullness takes them someplace I would never choose for them. Mm. Well done. I, I tip my cap to you because I know. Well, don't say well done. It's what I'm working towards. Yes, but you are working towards it. That's what I'm. That's what I'm affirming. And and here's the other thing. I your mom. Your, I, I'm so grateful to you for sharing that story and your mom's example, because I, I don't. Uh, the tears go with it. Like the story is very helpful to see. Mm-hmm. The tears are a part of that. Yeah. It doesn't mean my grief will be less. Yeah. It just helps me reframe my grief. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I'm still going to be a weeping f- mess. Yeah. I'll be in my own freaking puddle with a snorkel because I'm <laughs> drowning in my tears. But, you know, yeah. so that it doesn't take the pain or the loss away, yeah. but it does reframe them because you genuinely want what's best, what's, what will bring fullness to the one you love. Yeah. Hmm. And as much as I would love for my kids to live in my house forever and ever, that won't be fullness of life for them. Mm-hmm. I know that. Mm-hmm. And so ultimately, mm-hmm. I can't wish that for them. Mm-hmm. And like so much that we talk about, it's not this one-time decision. Mm-mm. It's this. It's almost this spiritual practice of slowly letting go. And practice practicing it over and over again of just loosening that grip. Um, yeah. Well said. Yeah. It's and there will be moments when 
you know, we fail and we lash out because we're trying to protect ourselves and control them from and the pain that we're fearing. Yeah. Because of something they're going to do. But yeah, it's not to say that this is a smooth journey. Nope. And, but it can lead you to, and I could hear it in you, just this, this little, you've stepped in and, and saw this little window of freedom. It's small, yeah. right? It's 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 a little bit, but you've. I think I've heard you over this last week. We had a couple of conversations outside of the sermon, and I could hear that just a little bit. The window cracked, and this invitation to less control, more freedom, kind of came in mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah, you know. No, without a doubt, it, it, your your story, our conversation was immensely helpful in that. It's it's you know, in some ways, it's. The weight is still there because, you know, I don't, I, I love my kids so passionately, but, but the weight has shifted and it's easier to carry now. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yep. Yeah. Th- there has been a shift. Yep. And we can talk about control too in, in this um, kind of uh, uh, wider frame right here, but I often think about it and it's had me thinking about it too in the last couple of days in smaller instances. Um, uh, and how I so often, um, because I want there to not be conflict sometimes, mm. I want to control maybe someone's um, response or if there is some tension between me and someone else. And it's been helpful for me to go to remind myself, I can't control that person. Mm. I can't control their reaction. All I can do is control my own, you know? Um, and there's been an invitation for me into some freedom. Good. You know, to kind of um, be able to rest in that uh, awareness. Because um, I don't, as I thought more about it, I was like, oh yeah, I, I try and do that in many ways, subtly. Um, but how can I... How can I make sure that this, if there is tension between me and someone else, how, what, what can I do to make sure it doesn't grow or um, uh, um, their feelings towards me are positive? And I can only control so much. Amen. You know? Um, you can't control how they feel. Exactly. Yeah. Even exactly. when you want to. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And, and it lifts up. I, it it lifts up that there's a difference also between peacemaking, um, and uh, acquiescing. Yes. Yes. Yep. Not that you acquiesce. I just mean. There, there is a temptation out there to... Sometimes I can, though, and I understand. Well, I think we all can. Yeah. You know, we just realize, oh, you know, oh, this isn't worth it, or whatever the case may be. But, the, but, you know, particularly the church, right? Like, the church needs to own the fact that acquiescing and peacemaking are not the same thing. Mm. You know, that peacemaking can, can demand speaking truth. Absolutely. When it's uncomfortable and hard to do it. Yep. Uh, speaking truth at risk to your own well-being 
understanding that you can't control how somebody's going to respond to the truth you're proclaiming. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Blessed are the peacemakers. It's, it's not, <laughs> Ooh, I think a lot of the times we just think, Oh, that's lovely peacemakers. No, Jesus is saying, blessed are those who put themselves on the line to pursue justice for others. Yeah. Like, Holy crap. Blessed are the peacemakers. Yeah. Yeah. Blessed are those who are willing to put themselves out there and do the hard work of reconciliation. Ooh, yes. Well said. Amen. That was much better said. Which is very different than acquiescing. It's bigger. Yeah. It's reconciliation. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's a great word for it. Yeah. And the problem is we try and control so much to prevent the discomfort and the pain. But... Ultimately, where we win in the sermon is that, you know, love isn't easy. Love is at times very painful, mm-hmm. but it is the fullest part of life that there is. Yeah. You know, to know life in all of its fullness is without a doubt to know love. Um, and so to love fully means embracing its breadth and its depth, the highs and the joys, as well as very, very sadly, the the pain of letting go mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah. Um, when we try and control, what we're really doing is is limiting that. And so it's you know it's back to it's natural, but control really does blind us from the fullness of life God intends. Mm-hmm. It really does. Yeah. Thanks for being with us, everybody. You can find us at Towson Press on Facebook and Instagram. Um, Instagram's slowly growing now. It is. You can find a shout out to Mark Cash. Absolutely. You can find a behind the scenes video of our Sunday worship services on Instagram right now. Um, and so, until next time, have a good rest of the day. <laughs>